five, four, three, two, one. Oof! Energized Podcast, it is back. You are very welcome to the Energized Mixed Martial Arts Show. So if you're new to the Energized Mixed Martial Arts Show, welcome. And if you're a returning Energized listener, welcome back. So you probably realize from the terrible oof that Barry is not here. He has gone back to Dublin. Delighted to have him over for the weekend. What a weekend we had. So I'm going to get right into it. This weekend we went, we had Bellator 200, UFC Liverpool. Uh, we're going to be discussing all the events that me and Barry did over here. And then we're going to talk about UFC Utica at the end of the week. Or which is coming up this weekend, sorry. Which if you don't know where Utica is, it's in New York. So here we go. So Barry came over from Dublin to London on Friday morning, really, really early in the morning, it was like a 6 o'clock flight, uh, Barry actually had a few points on Thursday night, and I was actually worried he wasn't going to make the flight, but he did, so fair play to Barry for making it over here, so I was in work Friday morning, and I didn't finish till 2 o'clock, so Barry went to my place, uh, I left the keys out for him, got there, went for a kip, yada yada, so at, actually when Barry arrived over here, we had no tickets for Bellator, so I'm sure a lot of people have seen so far, now that we've been to Bellator, and I'm going to tell you all how it happened. So come 9 o'clock on Friday morning, one of the guys I was in work with, now I'm working out in the airport in London, goes to me, Rio Ferdinand just walked by. So I was like, no way. So as soon as I heard that, obviously being a massive Manchester United fan, I was like, have to go and meet Rio Ferdinand. So I went off, met Rio Ferdinand, real nice guy, um, was very friendly, happy enough to get in a photo. He was buying a pair of headphones at the time. No, I don't know what pair of headphones he was buying, for those of you who are asking. So, Mario Fernand, absolutely over the moon. I was like, today is going to be a good day. So, at this stage, around half ten in the morning, on Friday morning, no UFC tickets. I'm sitting there going, how do I get UFC tickets? So, I was speaking to one of the lads from work who obviously lives over in London. Uh, I was like... Oh, can you get them? Is there a ticket drop, which is like a Facebook group in Dublin where people sell tickets on? Or I was asking, what are like the sort of ticket groups that people like post tickets they want to sell? And he goes, just Google it and see what happens. So I Google it, and there was StubHub.com. And as soon as I saw StubHub got StubHub.com. By the way, big shout out StubHub.com because we got two tickets for fourteen pounds each. So I was like, absolute bargain of this entry. Me and Barry went to Bellator. 200 for 29 pounds each absolutely incredible so I came back to mine um me and barry had a few drinks and uh, got ourselves showered changed looking fresh and decided we were gonna go off to bellator so we got like two trains there it was pretty cool because it was at wembley and i'd actually never been to wembley before and barry hadn't either so it was cool to see wembley stadium and then the arena there as well so nice to see where Wembley is, it's quite far away out of the city, it was about 40 minutes on the train, but we got there in the end, so we arrived there, uh, had our tickets checked in, I was I was very sceptical of the tickets, being like £14 each, I was like, oh, we're going to have an absolute dreadful seat, went in, had a look, and we're like, oh, we're probably going to be up in the corners, I was, I was like, Barry, did you bring the tissues for the nosebleeds, 
And when we arrived at our seats, I was like, they actually couldn't be any better. They were, I'd say, about 20 rows back from the front, up in the stands. And, like, you could see perfectly into the cage. And we were on the side angle view of the cage behind the blue corner. So it was actually just perfect. Couldn't work out any better. Um, I think the first fight that we actually saw, well, that I remember actually looking at being like, right, we're here. After we got another beer and settled down was um, Yankova. She lost to Kate Jackson. She was 5-0 going to the fight. And Kate Jackson was 9-3. and Look, Kate Jackson was actually brilliant in this fight. She completely controlled Yankova on the ground, took her down, pounded her out. Um, Yankova had a very good last round, but Kate Jackson was really good. That was like the kickoff of the main card. So it was a great fight to start off with. And then we had Phil Davis. Now, Phil Davis was actually quite funny because he came out to the Ric Flair. Woo! And for the whole fight, the crowd was going... And it was just great atmosphere. Everyone was buzzing in the arena. Um, Phil Davis looked very good. Nathan Vassell is quite good as well. Not going to lie. But you can see that, like there's levels of the game, as people say. And Phil Davis is like one of the very upper echelon guys at light heavyweight. Um, tough first round for both guys. Uh, Lyndon Vassell actually got a takedown on Phil Davis, which I was very surprised at at one stage. But Phil Davis then came up and hit him with his right head kick and knocked him out and I was like wow very impressed very very impressed then there was a fight with Mike Shipman who I didn't actually think was supposed to be on the main card but then was on the main card and he actually just came in and knocked this guy out in 11 seconds Mike Shipman's a middleweight fighter from London he looked very very good now that was the first time I've ever seen him fight but he looked very very scarily good Sorry, just had to have an L sup the L uh, T there. That's one thing I did realise doing a podcast with Barry and without Barry that we're gonna have a drink to go silent for a few moments and it's a bit unnerving when you're doing it. So next up was our mate, me and Barry's mate. Um but, or what's it called sorry, me and Barry's mate, Aaron Geordie Shore, or aka Aaron Chalmers. We met him at BAM thirty five in Dublin there the week prior. Uh, he was in really, really good form. Really nice guy. Uh, he's in a training camp with Tom Breeze, who was fighting at UFC Liverpool. Uh, Leon Edwards, who's fighting Donald Cowboy Cerrone in Singapore main event. And then he, Fabian Edwards as well, who's Leon Edwards' brother, who was also fighting at Bama 35. So, really, really, really nice guy. And he actually put on a very, very good performance. Uh, it was all over in the first round. Chalmers got caught with a big knee in the first round by his fine Ash Griffiths, who had never heard him before. In fairness, he was 4 and 5, so I don't think he's supposed to be particularly good. And Aaron Jordy Shore got backed up against Cage, threw a left, then a right straight to follow, knocked him down, then caught him on the way back up with a standing guillotine choke. Your man went down for the count. Very, very impressive finish. I was very skeptical of uh, Aaron Chalmers. I was like, maybe he's actually not that great. But he, he actually does seem like legitimately skillful. Um, like when I watch his technique, it's actually quite decent. For somebody who's like a celebrity fighter or like as people call him, like the Bellator version of CM Punk. So fair play to him. Great performance. And like I, I want to see him keep on winning. I'm actually not interested in seeing him fight someone who's really, really good and watch him lose. So that's what sort of led us on to the co-main event, which 
was probably the fight I was most excited to see. So you have Michael Venom Page, aka MVP, fighting Dave Rickles. Now Dave Rickles is actually not only a Bellator veteran, but he's actually the most experienced Bellator fighter of all time. He's had over 20 Bellator fights. No one's had more than 20 Bellator fights before. Except for Dave Rickles. He was 19-4 coming into the fight. MVP, I think it was 12-0 coming into the fight. And like, if you've never seen MVP fight before, you're like, you have to YouTube him. He's probably the flashiest striker I've seen in mixed martial arts since Anderson Silva. In fact, he's probably even flasher than Anderson Silva. He he was the guy who did the flying knee and then did the Pokemon ball afterwards. And he was doing Fortnite dances and everything he was after the fight. Um, and he brought in this this hand. It's I think it's like the Avengers hand. Uh, it was absolutely crazy carry on. Such a good performance. He actually made Dave Rickles quit. He sort of jabbed him one stage and Dave Rick Rickles like ran off and like shook his hand and said he was done. That was extremely disappointing. If I have to be honest. I expect more from Dave Rickles. Considering being such a veteran in, in Bellator, it just... Just to give up and quit, uh, like, it's not a good look for him. Um, he's probably never going to be Bellator champion. Because he originally fights a lightweight. He was actually fighting up weight class for this fight. I just don't think someone who was a champion does that. And I didn't hear anything after the fight saying, oh, he was injured and he couldn't keep going. So for me, Dave Rickles... I sort of lost respect for him. MVP, sky's the limit. I really want to see him fight Paul Daly next. Those who don't like each other. I know Paul Daly lost the last fight against John Fitch, but I feel like that's like the springboard for MVP to come an even bigger superstar than he already is. And then we're moving on to the main event of the evening. I didn't want to go full Bruce Buffer because it's not a UFC event. You had Rafael Carvalho defending his title against Gegard Mousasi. Now... Going into this fight, Carvalho was 15 wins or 16 wins, one loss. And Musashi's got a, like, a crazy amount of fights. I think he's like 43 and 8. So I think he's got over 50 fights. It was, I was a bit him and Han before this fight. Because your man Carvalho has fought the likes of like Joe Schilling and Mel- Melvin Manhoff. And like he's fought them on the feet as well and he's been able to beat them so... Very high level striker, a lot of knockouts on his on his record as well. So I thought maybe he might actually be able to catch Musasi, and I've seen Musasi be knocked out before, so I wasn't too sure what way to take it. But Musasi absolutely outclassed him. It was probably one of the best performances of his career. He actually made look Carvalho look like he didn't know what he was doing. It was actually that brilliant performance, and seeing Musasi win the belt afterwards, just like it seemed right. It was like one of the final pieces to his puzzle. Um, he was dream champion. He was um, strike force light heavyweight champion, and now Bellator middleweight champion. The only belt that did elude him was the UFC belt, but he, he actually is on a bit of a tear at the moment. I think he's won like his last five fights. He's absolutely incredible fighter. He's also beaten people who were a champion in the UFC, like Chris Wyburn. So he's the creme de la creme middleweights. He's up there with the very very best. The very elite of the elite. So, what a great performance from Gegard Mousasi. I don't think I can say enough good things about him. He was incredible. I'll get to more afterwards, but just to show how big Bellator is getting in terms of UFC. Um, 50 Cent was at the event. Now, I know he's done a lot of talk about people saying he's going to fight in the UFC. People saying he's going to fight um, Rampage Jackson. Charlie Ward, who won earlier in the night, uh, SPG's Charlie Ward. 
also said he'd call out 50 Cent. He'd fight him. And also Chris Pratt was there, who, if you don't know who Chris Pratt is, he's one of the lads from the Guardians the Galaxy and the Avengers. Um, he's a really, really famous actor. Um, I think he has like 18 million Instagram followers. I, I actually said hello to him after the fight. Really, really nice guy. Sort of just crazy that superstars that big were going to Bellator events. So that sort of sums up the actual event itself. So I don't know if you guys remember um, when me and Barry went to UFC 217. Now, if you do remember when we went to UFC 217, you'll remember that we went to TJ Dillashaw's after party. Well, after the event, Barry was like, we'll go down to the cage. And I was like, what do you mean we'll go down to the cage? And he was like, I will just go down to the cage and we'll see what's going on. So I said, all right, fair enough. We'll go down to the cage and see what the story is. So he walked down, walked by everyone, um, went up and said all right to Scott Coker, the president, I think that's what they call him, of Bellator MA. So Scott Coker was there and we decided we'd just get a selfie with Scott Coker. Why not? We're actually talking for a few minutes, was which was sort of strange because it, it's weird that you get a chance to meet someone that powerful in the company and just get to actually have a proper conversation with them. So we walked back out of the SSE Wembley Arena and went around to the side and we're like, oh, this is where the fighters come out, so we'll go meet some of them. So energized being energized, we're like, we're going to meet everyone. So... We actually got a hold of the Bellator 200 signs as well. We got a picture with them just for the crack. And then we met Chael P. Sonnen. I'm sure most of you know who he is. He's still in the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix. Um, we're saying congrats on the ESPN job. Um, I was actually asking about people from the podcast, how they're getting on. And then also had a bit of... A chinwag about his new job at Ariel and how that's going to work. But he couldn't really say anything about that. But he was actually very nice. He came out and took photos with everyone. So fair play to Chell P. Sonnen about that. So after Chell P. Sonnen came out and went back in, we also met Jay Glazer, who does sort of the booth with Chell Sonnen on the night. Uh, Big John McCarthy came out, probably the best referee of all time. He also now does the commentary for Bellator and he does the post-fight interviews in the cage. So... Big John, always a great man to meet and say hello to. Like, absolute legend of the sport. Probably a Hall of Famer on some stage. Then we met Mauro Ranello. If you haven't seen his documentary, it's sort of on life, on his life, and his suffering with, like, his mental health and being bipolar. It's absolutely incredible. And he's probably one of the best colour commentators of all time. Like, bar any sport. I don't think I've ever seen someone get into doing it so much as he does. Like, some people sort of slag him about it, that he gets too into it. That you could do commentary on, like, you know, an ant walking down the road. But Mauro Ronello, absolute legend. Very, very humble. All these guys are actually so nice as well. Um, we then actually met big country Roy Nelson. Uh, unfortunately, his fight was cancelled on the court. He, card. He was supposed to be fighting Mirko Krokop. And look... Big country, what a legend. Serious beard on him. And then Gegard came out himself, the champ. It was actually quite funny because his girlfriend came out and she had the belt over her shoulder and we were getting pictures with his girlfriend and uh, then we are getting pictures with Gegard Musasi and we are just having a chat with him. 
really, really nice guy. Uh, look, everyone's actually so lovely. I, 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 feel, I feel like it sounds like a bit fake that we say everyone's lovely, but everyone actually was lovely. They came out and got their, uh, got their photos taken with everyone. So then we were like, right, we're going to the after party. It was at a hotel down the road. Walk down to the um, after party and we meet MVP, Michael Venom Page, water performance. He's wearing an absolute sharp suit. And then uh, Barry actually put on the the glove, the Avengers glove that he brought with him. Some people are going to slay me for not knowing what the name of it is, but there's like a name of the glove. Uh, I think like Thanos wears it, whoever that is. Uh, I actually haven't seen new Avengers movies, so like, don't shoot me. Um, I met MVP, we were talking way to him, and he actually said he'd come on the podcast, so like, really looking forward to arrange that, because he was actually overtraining in SPG Dublin uh, before he actually went for his fight. Look, one nice guy. Also, his manager was there, he was one of his friends, and he was also a lovely guy. <coughs> we also met uh, Audi Atar, who was Conor McGregor, MVP, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, and many, many more as manager. He was there. Oh, Tony Ferguson as well. Uh, he, he was he was there. Really nice to talk to him. James Gallagher, Coach Kavanaugh was there. And then we met Gegard Musassi again, and he gave us the email address and said he'd come on the show. So, looks like we're going to get all the Bellator people on the show. Absolutely incredible night. Um... I don't think I've had a, been to a better night in mix, of mixed martial arts in Europe. It was like up there with the Conor McGregor fight night in Dublin. Just in terms of the overall outcome of the night. Like the amount of people we got to meet. The quality of the fights. The finishes of the fights. It was an absolutely brilliant night. So then Saturday we actually we actually went home to bed after that. We didn't go out um, fight night. Like, well that was our night out. We are at the after party and it was... One o'clock or so by the time we were leaving the after party. So there was no need to actually go out much later than that. Because we want to get stuff done the next day. Because I'm not too sure about... I don't think Barry's ever been to London now. He might correct me on that. But not not in his last six or seven years anyway. So absolutely great night. Saturday we got up. Had some breakfast. Um Got some lovely eggs benedict in a place called Good Vibes over here in London. So shout out to Good Vibes because delicious breakfast. Coffee cups could be bigger but very energised notice and that. We love our coffee. So we went into the city on Saturday. Um, went and saw the London Eye. Did a bit of walk around London. It was really, really, really warm. It was like 26 degrees. Uh, I don't know if Barry's going to talk about it on the football podcast but oh my God. The two of us are absolutely sweating but sure look it was what it was and then we went and watched the playoffs between Fulham and Aston Villa I'm sure Barry will talk a bit about that and then obviously it was the Champions League final night Um, I'd actually predicted on the podcast last week well Barry put the prediction in for me that would be 3-1 to Real Madrid and was 3-1 to Real Madrid uh, now I wasn't expecting the the goals to be the way they went for Real Madrid, but it is what it is. Um, that's all I'm going to say about the football on this show because like, this is the Mixed Martial Arts show and people aren't here to listen to me talk about football. If you want to listen to football talk, just listen to Barry's show, which will probably come out the day after mine. So, Sunday is where the UFC sort of kicks off. Um, so, 
Dana White was actually supposed to meet Conor McGregor over at UFC Liverpool, but for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And now apparently they're going to um, meet up in Vegas and have a chat over there. So I don't know what the story that is, nor do I actually overly care um, whether they did or didn't meet up because unless there's something about agreement, it's not that important as of just yet. Um, but Dana did say the plan is to do Conor versus Khabib, so... I'd obviously love the the Conor vs. Khabib next. Um, there was also talk about UFC two twenty five this week. Joe Rogan came out and said that like it annoys him that CM Punk is on the main card, and then you have the likes of like Rashad Evans, Alistair Overeem versus Curtis Blades on the undercard. Um, I sort of understand the business side of it. You know, what I mean, you have to put what it sells on the pay per view. What I also understand. The sporting aspect of it. That you have to put like the best sellers. On. The pay per view as well. Which CM Punk. People are going to pay to see him fight anyway. So. I don't know. That sort of explains itself. Like it's a business decision. It's not a. They don't always put the best fighters on the card. Like. If you actually look at it on UFC Liverpool. Elias Theodore was a ranked fighter. And he was on the fight pass prelim. So. It is what it is. Um, so UFC Liverpool Me and Barry actually looked to going up to Liverpool But it's actually This is going to sound silly But it's very hard to travel from London to Liverpool The train costs over £100 get up And there's no flights from London to Liverpool up So it actually just ended up being a no-goer So we decided not to go to Liverpool And after having such a good night at Bellator It was fine We didn't actually mind not going So come Saturday as well uh, Darren Till actually missed weight. He weighed in at 174 pounds. It was actually quite funny because Barry sort of said to me, joking, oh, Darren Till missed weight for the fight. And then he actually did miss weight for the fight. Um, missed it by four, well, he was 174 and a half pounds. So he missed it by three and a half pounds. But to miss weight in your own hometown is not a very good look. And it sort of tainted the fight a bit because especially going into UFC Liverpool out of... The sixth fighter who missed weight in 2018, all of them had won. So it looked like it was a serious advantage for the people who actually were missing weight. And then not only that, um, the other person from UFC, or the other Liverpoolian on the card, McCann, also missed weight. So both people from their hometown the only people on the card who miss weight so that's not good looks for the hometown people uh, also Molly McCann actually lost her fight to Gillian Roberts so she was the first ever person this year who missed weight to lose so I'm actually not going to run through the entire card because it wasn't that full of name recognition uh, Tom Breeze be Dan Kelly. Dan Kelly was actually doing a bit of training out of SPG. So that was a great win for Tom Breeze. I think it was his middleweight debut in the UFC. Then you had Makwan Americani. He won a split decision um, against Jason Knight. It was actually a very close fight. Uh, Makwan got dropped twice in the first round. He was doing some strange things as well. He was like sticking his tongue out at Jason Knight. Um, he almost looked a bit overconfident, if I'm being honest, but... Obviously, that paid off in the long run. He was confident in his own ability. He got the job done. Solid enough performance. He called out Cub Swanson 
next but I think Cobb Cobb Swanson actually has a fight booked for UFC 227 I can't think of who it is against or who it's against off the top of my head but I don't think he's going to get that fight because Cobb already has someone booked Um, then Arnold Allen had an absolute outrageous comeback win he was fighting Mads Burnell from Denmark Um, Mads Burnell definitely won the first two rounds I was going to the third round and Arnold Allen got this version with Dars choke in and as soon as he sunk it in, that was it. Um, Mads Burnell looked very, very disappointed afterwards. Um, I don't really know where Arnold Allen's going to come here next because like, he keeps on winning from behind. And it, I don't know if that makes someone look very good if they're like losing and then win all the time. I don't think that anyone wants that to be their thing. So then you had in the co-main event, Neil Magny. He won by TKO against Craig White. Look, Neil Magny had to win this fight. He was fighting sort of nobody on, I don't know, two weeks' notice, a week's notice. But he went in there, got the job done. Really big knee, and then finished up with strikes on the ground (coughs) Uh, early on in the second round, I think it was. So he actually called out uh, Kamara Usman afterwards. I thought that was very, very interesting because most people seem to be ducking Usman. And he was like, grand, I'll fight him. Uh, you know what, I think that's almost a fight to make. Usman just beat Maya. Magni, he fights a lot. I feel like UFC sort of own to give him a fight he wants. And I think that fight sort of makes sense as well. Because Usman didn't beat Maya decisively enough that he's going to get a title shot. And then Neil Magni's always a top 10 UFC welterweight. So why not make the fight happen? So now we're going to move on to the... Main event of the evening. Darren, the Gorilla Till. He actually came out with the nickname The Gorilla. And beat Stephen Wonderboy Thompson by unanimous unanimous decision. 49-46-49-46-48-47. Now, when I actually heard the scorecards be called out, I was like, right, that must be for Wonderboy. Because going into the last round, I was like, I think one of the boys won all four rounds. If not, definitely three. And Barry was under very much the same impression. Obviously, Till got the knockdown in the fifth round. And he definitely won the fifth round. It was, it was the most clear of the rounds to win. Um, I almost think Wonderboy might have to end up changing his style. Because obviously, the judges don't see all the skill and technique that Wonderboy puts in. Uh, to make his style be effective because the way I looked at it yeah Darren Till was doing a lot of chasing but the more cleaner the size of uh, shots were being landed by Wonderboy now I don't think Wonderboy actually hurt Darren Till at any stage but he got a lot of like one twos in that were like very fast it's that cruddy point style of fighting it really actually works out for Wonderboy quite well it's a very like elusive style and just looking at the fight, I thought Wonderboy was... As much as he was being chased, he was in control. Um, a few people said that... Oh, but Till like, really marked up Wonderboy's leg. And there was a lot of bruising on Wonderboy's leg. But at no stage did Wonderboy lose the bounce in the step. He um, he was light in his feet the entire fight. Uh, obviously, Barr getting knocked down. So, for me... I don't agree with the decision. Uh, it's great for the UFC. Darren Till, 17-0-1. Never lost. 
beat the number one ranked guy in the world. Um, but I don't agree with the decision for me. Uh, I had won the boy 4 1. I, I, I'll accept 3 2, but I can't accept two judges saying 49 46 till. Just didn't see it that way at all. But uh, obviously, till coming forward all the time, it seems to get the job done. So there's no, there's no point um, harping on over a lot. A lot of people who also wrote in the comments to us on Instagram said that they also thought one by one. Now, a lot of people are saying robbery, robbery, but the fight was that close that I don't think it was a robbery. One thing I will say is that it was a very non-entertaining fight. Um, there was too much like high-fiving and hugging between the two of them that I didn't really like that. I felt you're in there to, you know, take what the other guy wants away from him. So, like, don't be all huggy, but it was what it was. And I suppose Darren Till got his hand raised and people aren't going to really... I think that's I think that's what sort of happens in, in the end. You look back in, you know, three or four years' time and you're going to go, oh, Darren Till, he beat Wonderboy. And the longer time goes on, the more you forget how close it was. So therefore... It's just another sort of scalp on Till's record. Um, so I suppose I always like to look at where do people go from here? So I sort of looked at Till and I looked at Wonderboy. For me, Wonderboy should just fight the loser of Ordia versus Colby Covington. I think that sort of makes a lot of sense for him. They're sort of at the top of the division. Still, still a top five fighter, but oh no, they're sort of the main welterweight fights at the moment. So he should, or unless they want to do Wonder Boy versus Maya, uh, I could see that one as well. But I don't know whether Maya will be ready for another fight again soon. Uh, I assume Wonder Boy should be able to actually get back in there soon enough because he didn't actually take much damage in the fight. And then for Darren Till, because he missed weight, because uh, I think he basically got. The hometown decision. I think Darren Till should actually fight Robbie Lawler because if you want to see actually Darren Till fight someone and them both be on for it, no one goes for more than Robbie Lawler. So, Ruthless Robbie Lawler versus Darren the Gorilla Till. That is the fight to make. Um, I think people love that as well. Uh, I, I don't really care where they put the fight on. I'd almost not put the fight on in Europe. Till's last two fights were in Europe, so I'd almost put him in Vegas uh, fight. Maybe I don't know if UFC two two six is like too close to put uh, Till back on, but I think Till versus Lawler would be a great fight. So that sort of sums up everything for UFC Liverpool. Not actually the best card at all, to be honest, and uh, not the best for name recognition. Not the best fights either, to be honest. But I suppose Barry actually always asked me to rate the cards. I should really go back and rate the Bellator card. So if I was to rate the Bellator card, I'd say 9 out of 10. Great fights, great finishes, great entertainment value. After straight UFC Liverpool. Probably a 5 out of 10, to be honest. Uh, the crowd seems to be great in the Echo Arena, but... Can they like I don't watch the UFC to say the crowd are great. Um Till Wonderboy was not very entertaining. 
Uh, Magni won. He was expected to. The Arnold, Arnold Allen comeback was good. The McWan fight was good. But they're not exactly the creme of the creme of their division either. So, yeah, they're promising prospects. But it's not what I'm, like, looking to spend four or five hours watching. So, I'd say five out of ten for UFC Liverpool. Like, didn't really do it for me. Bad judging. Till didn't make weight. Really, see, I think Darren Till's stock was almost damaged um, by UFC Liverpool more than it was raised. So now I'm going to have a look at UFC Utica, which is basically in New York. Um, look, this is main event by uh, Jimmy Rivera versus uh, um, Marlon Marais, the number four ranked bantamweight versus the number five ranked bantamweight. I was looking at the rest of the card. And I'm sure a lot of people don't actually know the other fighters are on the card. Like the co-main event is uh, Gregor Gillespie versus uh, one of Barry's favourites, Vince from Hell, Michelle. Both on four or five win streaks. But I'm just going to look at the rest of the card first and just sort of tell people about the other people who are fighting just because I think this is actually, this is a card with a lot of hot, uh, hot prospects on it. Uh, like they're not name records now, but some of these guys could be very good going forward. So you have um Jose Shorty Torres, who's a flyweight, he's seven and oh, he's undefeated, he was the Titan FC flyweight champion. He's coming in um fighting on this card, so I'll be very, very interested to see how he gets on. He's fighting way down on the prelims, but if he looks good, he could be someone to watch out for uh, in the future. And then you have Nick Lentz uh, fighting uh, David uh, Taymor. David Taymor is unbelievable at striking. He was on Conor McGregor's team uh, against Uriah Faber's team in the Ultimate Fighter. And he looked very, very good. He beat uh, Lando Venata and Dracker Close in his last two fights by decision. And uh, he's fighting Nick Lentz, who just beat uh, Will Brooks by a guillotine. So, for me, I'm really looking forward to seeing David Taymor. I think he could be the real deal. Uh, he looks very, very good. So, look, I wouldn't be surprised if David Taymor could be a contender at some stage in his UFC career. Uh, then you have, I hope I get this right, Sahara Eubanks is fighting Lauren Murphy. Uh, Sahara Eubanks was originally supposed to fight uh, Nico Montagna for the flyaway title, but she actually got injured. And then Lauren Murphy actually lost in the Open Fighter House to Nico Montagna. So the winner of this could actually fight for the flyaway title next after Valentina Shushenko eventually fights Nico Montagna for the flyaway title. So it actually is a fight with title implications. Um, I'm going to pick Eubanks for because she was supposed to fight in the Ultimate Fighter finale. She was supposed to fight Montagna or Montano or whatever way you say her name. She, sure, the only time she's, I've ever seen her is win the belt and she's gone AWOL since, so therefore, it's hard to know how to say her name. That's basically what I'm getting at. Uh, there's, two, there's two fan favourites fighting as well. Uh, our mate, me and Barry's mate, Jan Vellante, is fighting Smile and Sam Alvey. Uh, Vellante is actually massive, so I expect him to beat uh, Smile and Sam. Yeah, because this fight's going to take place at light heavyweight, and Smile and Sam Alvey has fought most of his uh, fight career at middleweight, so. Smiling Sam, definitely picking him. 
then you have a bit of a loser leaves town match. Ben Saunders versus Jake Ellenberger. Uh, I almost think Jake Ellenberger should retire. He's been knocked out an awful lot in his career. Uh, ben Saunders absolutely brilliant on the ground. Some very good jujitsu. So if I had to pick, I'd almost pick Saunders to get a submission. Just you have to pick someone. So there you go. And uh, Nathaniel Ward is also fighting on this card. He's a Cage Warriors champion at bantamweight, and he's fighting against Johnny Eduardo. Who's fought the likes of Sunshine and Sterling, uh, uh, Aljamain Sterling and Eddie Wineland. So, very tough UFC debut for Nathaniel Wood. He looks very, very promising. So, then you have the co main event. I call some of those fights out and they're a bit all over the shop, but it is what it is. You, you know the people I'm talking about when you see them anyway. Uh, you have Gregor Gillespie, who looks incredible. He had. Uh, he's won his last three fights um, Well his last four fights in the UFC He's 11-0 last three have all been by finish Two by knockout and one by submission And he's fighting uh, Vince Bichel So both these guys are quite long They're quite lean Look I think Gregor Gillespie has Very good chance of Fighting for a title someday in the UFC as well Now I know I said that to one or two other people On this card but I actually think there are some Very very good prospects on this card Gregor Gillespie Looks Absolutely brilliant as of late. And I think UFC are backing him a lot. Like he's got tattoos. He's got a good look for him. For UFC to sort of make him a superstar. And also it's called Gregor. It's almost like McGregor. Very me. So then we're going to move on to the main event of the evening. You have Jimmy Riviera versus Marlon Marais. This is some of the pinnacle of mixed martial arts. These are two of the best bantamweights in the world. They're both actually brilliant. Now, they might not have the main name recognition of your Dominic Cruz, TJ Dillashaw, Cody Garbrandt. But I'm telling you now, they are just as good. They are that highly touted. Jimmy Rivera has beaten the likes of Uriah Faber, Yuri Alcantara, Pedro Munoz, uh, Thomas Almeida. He has looked absolutely frightening of late. He's he's sort of the bantamweight who no one wants to fight. Just because people... The bantamweight in the, in the division know how good he is. But... Because he doesn't carry the name recognition. You don't actually garner a lot from beating him. So... He's probably the most avoided man. He's almost like the use man of bantamweight. Not in terms of fight style. But just... No one really wants to fight him out of the top guys. Because he is very, very good. But you don't actually get a lot from beating him. So, Jimmy Rivera, 21-1, facing Marlon Marais. Marlon Marais, uh, he lost a split decision to Rafael Sunzel uh, on his UFC debut. But since that, he's beaten John Dodson. And then he had that absolutely vicious, and I mean vicious knockout of Aljamain Sterling. Uh, it's actually quite an interesting fight because I sort of fancy Jimmy Rivera to win the fight. But Marlon Marais... Was the champion um, in oh, it's called PFL now. What was it called before? WSOF World Series of Fighting. That's what it was. Sorry, I had a bit of a brain slip there for a moment. Um, and he's fought a lot more five rounder fights. So in terms of that, I'm almost going to lean towards him, but. 
I don't know. I just don't think Jimmy Rivera has been given that much hassle as of late. So I'm going to pick Jimmy Rivera. I think he's been slightly more dominant. But Marais has all the tools to do it. This is one of those fights that I probably won't bet on. Just because both fighters are actually that good. Um, but I know I have to give a pick at the end of the day. So I'm going to pick Jimmy Rivera to win this one by a decision. Uh, obviously, we're going to ask you guys who you think you're going to win. Let us know what you think of the Mixed Martial Arts podcast. Um, give a thumbs up. Hit subscribe. Give us a rating on iTunes. Give us a heart on SoundCloud. And as always, stay energized.